big, big men, you know, like to put people in, 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 in pretzels and then go nuts with a big ass dick, causing problems and, and, and leaving me with dick in my back after sex. I don't need dick in my back after sex. That's a problem. For me, okay. I like to have sex and I walk away from the shit. I don't. I don't need to be thinking about this big dick still stuck in my backbone. I don't got time for that. Secondly, I don't like to suck a dick where I feel like I'm a throw up. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. Now that had vigor. Some zeal. Podcasting zeal. Vim. Vim. That had some vim, Wackerly. Are you excited because uh, we're not going to have to podcast this weekend? (laughs) <laughs> not really well what, we what is now. what is the deal though uh, you're going away all weekend are you going on a romantic vacation with a fiance the fiance no, she's not even going it's a work vacation work quote-unquote vacation oh it's the annual wackily work retreat it's the annual work booze-a-thon which is the only reason i go well what is the deal with this it's it's always at the same place right northern california and then, what is it? A cabin, like a, a resort or something? It's no, it's just a, it's a national park. Oh, it's not camping. It's November. It's fucking November. <laughs> Nobody's camping in the mountains. So what do you go to a lodge? Is it at yeah, like Yosemite or something? It's a lodge. So you go to the lodge, and do you guys have to do team building? Like wear no, the sumo no, outfits? No I feel like you ask these questions every year. I know. I, I forget. Have to put though. together a bulleted list. <laughs> I, f- I forget. <laughs> It's, uh, no, it's just, uh, there's no team building. I mean, it's boozing. You know what it is? It's like Japanese team building. In just Japan, drunk this is a together. big thing. Yeah, in Japan, you have, to, you have to go get drunk with your boss, or he will, I don't know, demote you or something. You know, uh, my company, the new job I have there, it's yeah. a dry company. Well, yeah, because they're all Scientologists, right? Yeah, and, but I thought Scientologists drink. They, what, are they against drinking? Well, no, you know, like uh, Al-Anon or what is what is the narco, the, the anti-drug thing that they do? It's Al-Anon, right? Now, they're anti-psychologists. No, but they have that big program to get people off drugs. But then, you know, you know how like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, like, you we'll get you. We have this proven system to get you off the booze. And then you go in there and they make you like accept Jesus. And you're like, I don't want to accept Jesus. I just don't want to fucking drink my face off all the time. Uh, Narc- Narcanon? I don't remember what it's called. Well, it's anyway, NA Scient- or something. Uh, yeah, it's Scient- not NA. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, not NA. I think it is either Al. Oh no, Alanon is Alcoholics Anonymous. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. The point being that Scientology uh, has a program to get people off drugs, but really, it's just a way for them to backdoor you into Scientology. Yeah, they recruit you. You're reprogrammed. But um, but maybe that's why. But no, it does. It doesn't forbid you completely from drinking. You're allowed one drink per day, which is which is pointless. <laughs> I don't even want one drink per day. 
If that's all I get, I don't want it. Just one drink. But no. I don't think you're allowed to have one drink in the office. You're just allowed one drink. Which I don't even know how they monitor that. Narconon. That's Narconon. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, this thing I'm not. Nobody's drinking. That's why we go away. We're not. We're not drinking in the office. We're drinking away from the office. But is there any booze boozing going on in the office? Sometimes it used to be a bigger thing. It's not so much anymore. There is a lot of booze in the office, but nobody really partakes of it because we're all just trying to get our asses out of there. But you work with some young, uh, attractive women there, right? Certainly. So do they uh, just come there, sans boyfriend, just getting wasted, getting a little wild? No, they bring their boyfriends. <sighs> Lames. That's just lame. It's like sweet. <laughs> there was one year I thought maybe something might go down, but I don't. I don't do. I have a. I have a, uh, have a policy against that. The anti-shitting where you're eating policy. Yeah, you don't dip your pen in the company ink. Yeah, it makes sense. Never, never ends up good. Yeah, that does, you know, unless you're the t- unless you're the top guy, then you can do that shit. You know, like fucking your secretary, that old fifties trope. Um, but if you're just if you if you're just a worker, you don't want to like fuck another just a worker. Well, no, because what's going to happen is you're going to end up breaking up with that person. They hate each other, will. and there's going to be all this office drama. You have to see him every day, even if there's not office drama. You have to see him every day, and it sucks. Same reason you don't fuck like the person who lives next door to you in your apartment building. I just hate seeing all of my coworkers every day. Right, but think how much more awkward it would be if you actually had put your penis inside them. Yeah, no, that would definitely get awkward. Then I would even hate it even more. Right. Speaking of coworkers, I hate to have seen. Um, have you ever worked with a coworker that you just hated so much? It was just a shitty employee. I mean, I actually was his manager. It's at my old job. Of I, course. This guy was one of the most, one of probably the, one of the worst employees I've ever dealt with. When... When people are young and they get jobs, like, you know, whatever, you work at fucking McDonald's or, you know, fucking cleaning toilets at the bus station. I don't know what people do anymore. Uh, Or you work at camp or something. Like, everybody's like, I hate my fucking boss. He's such a dick, man. He, like, made me put my collar up because you could see my fucking neck tattoo. And all your friends are like, yeah, fucking fuck bosses, man. My manager's a cock too. I think he's totally, girls always think that their managers are trying to have sex with him, but really like he's just some normal fucking like married dude. He's just trying to make them like, you know, not fucking wear shitloads of black eyeliner at, at Starbucks. It is funny though, when they do have the pervy boss, I've worked with a few of those, but okay. But tell me, answer this question of all the girls who say they have a pervy boss. How many think, how many, what's the percentage roughly that you think actually have a pervy boss? Not many, but and plus they take it out of context too. Right. But it, it's just I have worked in a couple of different. Like I worked at a movie theater in high school. We definitely had a legitimately pervy boss. Was he perving on you? Not to me, but he would just say comments about the oh. girls, you know, outfits and things like that. Or well, you know that I think back, there were some pretty pervy bosses back and then. And you're just kind of like, dude, that girl's like seventeen. Well, you know. My larger point being though that um, when you're young and you have those jobs, you really hate your boss, but it's not even comparable to when you actually like are in your middle age and you actually are trying to manage people who are younger than you, how much you can hate those younger people. Well, this guy actually, it's like, it's like a, like a little 60 watt incandescent bulb of hatred versus a fucking son of hatred. When you, when you have somebody who's supposed, you're supposed to be managing and that person sucks. Like you really fucking hate that person because you know everything about them and you don't have, you don't have delusions. You're like, I know exactly why that guy sucks and I know how much he's never going to get any better. 
Yeah, I but just th- this this guy though, this guy wasn't even a young guy. He was older than me. He's well, probably about the same age, maybe a right. year older. Maybe that might even be worse, right? <laughs> One of the worst employees I've ever encountered. I probably bitched at him on a daily basis when I worked in the office. He would come to work late consistently. He would fall asleep at his desk. The dude had the dude had like two kids. Both of Did- them retarded, severely retarded. Is that why um, you hated him? No, I didn't hate him because of that. I mean, at first I thought he was. At first I thought pure eugenic stock. At first I thought he and his uh, his large wife were posing with a Halloween decoration. I realized, oh my god, that's a child. I like how you slipped in that he also had a fat wife. Well, she was a big girl, but I mean, dude, this guy wasn't the most attractive man in the world. Anyway, he was just not a a uh, a uh, commendable employee. And so the other day, I uh, was checking my email. I get. I get an email from a company who's sending me a reference for Larry. A reference Larry. request. Yeah, reference request for Larry. One of the worst employees, hands down, one of the worst employees I have ever dealt with. It's pretty perfect that his name was Larry. Larry. Have you changed his name to protect the innocent, or are you just throwing it out there? I'm throwing it out there. I mean, okay. the chances of anyone tracking that guy down are slim to none. He doesn't listen. I've known a lot of Larrys, and I never really liked any of them. I haven't. How many Larrys? Larry isn't a name that you encounter as much anymore, like especially my, in the younger uh, generation. Yeah, well, my advisor at uh, grad school was Larry, and I, he was a big cock. Larry Lawrence. Lawrence. But if you were, uh, would you go you by Lawrence Larry? or Larry? Well, going by Lawrence is <laughs> like, okay, now you're not just an old guy. Now you're like transported from fucking 1915. <laughs> it's pretty gay. But Larry, like, you're like a black hip hop artist, MC Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name's Lawrence. Well, Lawrence Fishburne. But then, that? what do you go by? Like a black guy can go by Lawrence. Yeah, but a right. white black guy... guys can go by lots of names that white guys yeah. can't pull off. But like Larry, here when I think of Larry now, though that name is tainted because I just think of this fat, mouth breathing slacker. He he smoked a lot too, and I would see him in the morning. I'd see him in the morning in the elevator, because I usually came in late, too. But I'd see him in the morning in the elevator, and I'd be like, oh, hey, what's up, Larry? And he just reeked of weed. Oh, when you say he smoked a lot, you mean weed or cigarettes or both? Both. Yeah. Like, I know he smoked weed, and then he'd smoke a cigarette or two to cover it up, but he still smelled like weed. And, okay, you can smoke weed before you go to your job at the movie theater or the gas station. That's fine. But when you're going to it like a white-collar job, you don't get high for that. You shouldn't be getting high for that. Maybe <laughs> certain depends what your white collar job is, but generally, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. This dude would just come in and sit down. You know, we, we used to have to make online porn magazines and other magazines. You'd have to like come down, sit down, and look at the magazine, and then within twenty minutes, you just hear, <laughs> and you look over and you're like, dude, Larry. And I was the manager. I was Larry's Sleeping manager. On the job is generally a big no-no. And you know, it was funny too because the. Uh, like my boss, my supervisor, the the director would just be like, "Yeah, you should do something about that." I'm like, "You should do something about that." You're the one who hired him. That's I, a that's a big problem with employees too. Not not so much as I've experienced, but I've heard you talk about it, and then other people I know talk about it. Uh, when you have like overlapping management of people, uh, like res- you know, managerial responsibility, like, wait, are you his manager or am I his manager or is that other guy's manager? Like, who's going to tell that guy not to sleep in the office? And then just nobody does. Well, that's the thing. I didn't have the authority to fire Larry. I could get him in trouble, 
but it was the director who could fire. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, really, who do you think should be uh, reprimanding him? Probably the director. That's the what I assume. There, right? Yeah, on a daily basis, I'd go over to that guy and I'd snap my fingers like, "Larry, wake up! Uh, you you messed up the gatefold again." You remember that, the gatefold? I showed you how to do it probably a hundred times. You did the same thing. He's like, oh, yeah. Did you have suspenders on? No, I should have. World's greatest dad, <laughs> coffee cup. Larry. Larry. Uh, Larry. You, uh, put the black and white cover on the gatefold again. Uh, I'm going to need you to come in this weekend. You're going to have to work this weekend. I'm going to podcast TPS about reports. you in the future and uh, talk shit about how you're a really terrible employee. He was just a shitty employee. He also called in sick a lot. He also get, used to get the, because his kid was impaired, you get the, I got to take my kid to the whatever special doctor, specialist. So I'm going to be a couple hours a late. Child doctor, <laughs> specializing children. No, he'd, he'd have to take his kid to like a different kind of specialist. The kid was fucked up. And so he'd come in like, he'd say, I'll be in a couple hours late. He'd come in like five hours late at right. work for maybe one hour. He was the ultimate slacker. But he wasn't a good slacker because everyone knew he slacked. But no one wants to fire anyone here in California. You ever notice oh, that? You can't. Well, especially if they have some grounds to say that you did it because, you know, they have a hardship. Like, or you because know, you have a retarded kid. Or maybe he's narcoleptic because that's why he's sleeping all the time. <laughs> or, I mean, nowadays, if you're smoking weed, that's like medicine. I mean, would you... Would you, could you fire some guy because he was on chemotherapy and that was making him dro- doze off? You know, no. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, what ended up happening is when the company started failing and they like had to lay off employees, we had a meeting with all the managers like, so who do you think if we're going to lay anybody off would be the first person to go? And everybody like, Larry. It's like no one even thought about it. They're just like Larry immediately. And so he was the first one canned. That's why that's why California companies, especially tech companies, which is where you used to work, basically as a tech company, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, they love the, they love the riff, the reduction in force, the layoff, because people that you couldn't fire, like like I said, because he has uh, some protected class status, or maybe thinks he does, and would cause a big stink. If you're just like reducing the workload, workforce, workforce. And you you're gotta lay off. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Look, no, I there's mean, this other super super white uh, privilege guy. He's also getting laid off, but uh, you're in there too. I mean, that's how the uh, the uh, tech the tech companies reduce the uh, the staff they don't want. Yeah, and, it, and you get, you, it's the terminology in Silicon Valley is I got rift, rift. Like you know, yeah, like two thousand people get laid off all at once, reduction in force, and you're part of that. So you can't feel bad about it because there's you know. 1,999 other people that it's happened. Like, nobody's going to listen to you complain. Well, the thing is with Larry, I mean, that guy, I mean, he had another job. I think he worked for, like, the Chronicle or something, and he'd worked there for, like, 14 years. Yeah, I wow. mean, a really long time. Like, right out of high school, he'd been working there forever. Not as a reporter, I take it. No, no. I, I think he was, like, a press operator guy or something. I don't know how he got the job. Oh, he so got the very, job because of a That's a respectable a uh, trade. You know, well, I think a, a friend of his got a job at the company I worked at, and then they ended up bringing him on. He wasn't a newsboy, was he? <laughs> Did he stand on the corner and say, extra, extra, he would have been like, about it. He would have been one of the worst newsboys ever. I could just imagine that guy. And then he'd break into song and dance. But anyway, I get this reference request here from a company. It said the above candidates applying for employment listed you as a reference. Me. The guy that bitched at him every single day. I gave him such a negative review that the director had to change his, his performance review because it was that negative. 
And he listed me as his reference. Blows my mind. Now you're being contacted to report on this guy. Scott here. Scott is asking me for a reference. And and it's not just like, did this guy work here? This is like, what's your professional relationship? How long have you known him? What's his job title? How was his attitude on the job? How is his attendance? Is he eligible for rehire? What does this taint smell like? Yeah, but this is like, if you're given the chance if you to haven't hire him again. Taint, describe what you imagine his taint would smell like. It's all, if there were zeros, it's one through five. If there were zeros, I would put all zeros. But I don't want to do that. I think it's funny that a, some HR dude at a company um, is sending you a questionnaire that's going to take you like, what, 30 minutes to fill out? Is he is he offering you a gift certificate to Applebee's or something? There's no there's no compensation. There is no, there is no reward. There's no California law that says you have to give this guy a reference. I mean, that thing would go right in my fucking deletion file, especially unless I unless I like actually, you know, had liked the guy and wanted him to get another job. Well, the only reward I can see here is the comfort I'd get in in uh, having Larry go work for this asshole. Cause this guy, it's like basically I'm recommending an asshole to work for you. Right, but I mean, you're never actually going to get the satisfaction. You're never going to know will, if you though. found the job. You no, never, I will though. If you got the job, you don't. We're going to see this guy's pain. It's just, it's. Uh, this this guy, this Scott you're chasing here, phantoms. This Scott here who sent me this, I, you know, it's just going to give me a uh, a warm feeling of mm. satisfaction that I got la- that I pass on this horrible employee to someone else. Mm. I know it's kind of a sadistic thing to think about. It's not the. Um, the most charitable attitude. I just think it's a waste of your time. It, it is. I should probably just delete it. Right. Oh, you could answer the first two questions. Did the, did you work with Larry? Yes. Did you work with him for nine, 19 months? Yes. Sorry, at this time, we can a- not answer your other questions, HR dude. Yeah, but then I think about this dude, Larry, you know, it's like, obviously, he wasn't making that much money. His kids has special needs. It's like, why not? Why can't he have another job? He's going to show up. (laughs) (laughs) That's where he gets all his sleep at work. Please find him a quiet cubicle with a comfortable chair. So Larry's Larry's, Larry's work ethic isn't all that uncommon. And I was reading this article here in The Atlantic, and it's about the art of not working at work. And so uh, a couple years ago, there was a civil servant in the German town of Menden he wrote a farewell message to his colleagues on the day of his retirement, stating that he had not done anything for 14 years. He says, since 1998, I was present, but not really there. So I'm going to be well prepared for retirement. Adieu. Did this guy work for like the Bavarian Motor Works or what? No, he's just a, he's a civil servant. Just worked oh, for right. uh, the municipality. You work with a lot of city workers. <laughs> I do. Though I am not a civil servant myself, which is a strange combination. Uh, some of them are quite, some of them are very dedicated. They really care about urban planning or whatever, uh, you know, community colleges. But prisons. those guys, those guys are master slackers. A lot of them are, I have to say. Uh, I got to say, I mean, it's like, what, what's the point of working your ass off when you know you're going to retire with a pension? You know, they can't can you. I mean, they got to find a very, like, they got to find a glaring reason to 
candy. You're also never. You're also all of your raises are. Uh, you know, any raise you're gonna get, or or I guess they probably don't even get bonus pay or anything. It's just like regulated by the government. It's gonna be match inflation. So there's no reason to excel in those jobs. Which, What's uh, the incentive? That's what I'm saying. No it's like you're going to get a raise regardless of your work performance. Your incentive is to do the minimum amount that doesn't get you fired, and it's very hard to get fired. Because for the for for like a like a city government like you know especially a small city government to fire you, uh, you know there's lots of legal repercussions that you could say that you are being discriminated against, uh, you know because of your political views or your sexual orientation or you could say like I'm one sixteenth Native American or something like that and what what are they gonna fucking dig into your genealogy and find out? No, that's the thing. It's it's very difficult to fire an, to fire a city worker, and I think those guys take full advantage of that. I find it funny that he's sort of he's trying to like shove it in everybody's face, you know, at the end of his career. <laughs> like, why didn't you find something to do, you know, to help out the city and the and the people that you know fucking pay you and all your fucking friends and neighbors in this town you work for like you're kind of a fucking asshole you german kraut well the public work ethic had been wounded here and people said uh you know the the mayor of menden even commented saying he felt a good dose of rage uh the city sent out a press release regretting that the employee never informed his superiors of his inactivity did there did the dude's superiors get fired like, hey, you had this employee who says that he's worked here for fucking his entire career and he never did anything, but you didn't realize that he wasn't doing anything? All right, you're fired. Well, it wasn't his entire career. I mean, the guy probably worked, you know, he, he probably graduated from college or high school, started working there, and he did probably work his ass off in the beginning. Then he realized, why am I doing this? What's the point of working so hard when I'm still going to get a raise? I still have to come to this daily doldrum every day, this routine. I'm still going to get a raise. I'm not going to get fired. And I think he just simply was like, I'm going to stop working and see if they fire me. Bare minimum. And yeah, and so uh, they probably, you know. I they, don't want to make everybody else look bad. Well, <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big union position. If you ever work somewhere where they're like, all right, you got to join the union. And then you join the union. You're like, can you show me how to do my job since I'm new? And then the other guys would be like, well, this is how you do it. And you're like, oh, well, I can do that really fast. I can do like five of these a day. And they're like, no kid you do two of those a day because i do two and a half and i've been working here for 15 years and you're gonna make everyone else look bad because you're busting ass and these old guys are just like stop and i think you eventually come to terms with that you do you know it's a seniority system a lot of people like it a lot of people love the unions the civil servant unions the public employee unions because yeah all the you know it's like the the bosses and the people in the corporations are just trying to make money and we're just all the laborers and we'll be together but uh you know understand that you're if you're committing to that you're committing to a seniority system (laughs) and the guys who are older than you and have been there longer will always be above you and some younger guys will come in below you and you'll be able to shit all over them but uh that's the system. It's not about how good you are at your job or how like innovative you are. It's just that that guy has been there longer than you and the dude down there has been there less time than you. And that's how it's going to fucking be. It's the circle of life. Some people like it. Mediocre people love it. Well, mediocre people. <laughs> really like, shitty people that just got their job through nepotism really, really love it. Well, yeah, especially, I mean, mediocre people, it's all they're expected to do. They get this, they land this civil, civil servant job because their relative works at the place. 
they got them in like uh, you know and, and they get in they get this pension they're set you never really have to do anything right. you have to prove yourself at this job and so this guy here I mean, he says, I guess he uh, was interviewed by that German newspaper uh, Bild about a month later after he sent this email and it exploded and went viral. He said that uh, he hadn't been avoiding, like purposely avoiding work for 14 years, but as his department grew, his assignments were just handed over to other people. He said there was never any frustration, he just didn't say anything. He goes, I've always offered my services, but it's not my problem if they don't want them. <laughs> what are, what, what, I, I mean, we really need to know what his specific services are. I, I just wonder what he was he's doing. Like, he's like the guy who in pencil like writes the nomenclature on the drawings from like fucking 40 years ago. And they're like, dude, we use computers for that now. Well, if you don't need people to write in pencil with the, the block script, I don't you know, know. It's funny. Today, I spent uh, a good two hours showing this guy how to attach a JPEG to an email. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I, I didn't spend two hours doing that, but two hours showing him how to like load up the software and system and setting up his computer, and then also showing him attachments, which he just could not get down. And right. I was thinking so about like trying it. to teach your parents how to use a computer. Yeah, this guy's an older dude; he's probably in his sixties. And I was thinking, I was looking around. I'm like, my company has an inordinate amount of of seniors, not senior citizens, but like older people, people in their sixties working there. So, do you think my company gets a tax break for that? <laughs> I don't know. It I wonder like, if that's, I mean, you, you don't work for a public company. You work for a private company. You'd think they'd have an interest in just canning all those motherfuckers. No, I think uh, I think they get a tax break for having older people, um, mm. people with uh, disabilities. I've never I've heard of the disability one, but I've never heard of the senior one. Well, I wonder because there's a lot of seniors, and I got to deal with them because I got to like set up their computer and do all sorts of things. Do you, Do you actually work at an old folks' home? Maybe yeah, you do, and you don't realize I it. Now, there, I mean, there's not, but there's just a lot of old people compared to uh, other companies I've worked at. Like my old job, I mean, there, there wasn't anyone in there over 50, really. Right. Well, sleazy. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but this guy, you know, I, I wonder what this guy did. He's, he was retiring, you know, this couple of years ago, retiring. So he's probably what? How, at what age do you retire in Germany? Like 50? Uh, 38, I think. <laughs> But I mean, the guy was probably in his sixties. He'd probably Live worked there for a the long time. The land. His job was probably redundant. He just did some irrelevant, uh, irrelevant job that was outmoded, and replaced by computers. And eventually, they were just like, "Yeah, well, we can't can him. He's a nice guy. Let's just put him over there." <laughs> and n- nice, nice in that German nice way. You know, he doesn't really smile ever or crack a joke, but he's nice enough. But it, but this this raises questions about uh, slacking in the workforce. Modern day slacking. So having a job doesn't necessarily entail work. And, and that's the thing. It's like, how do you, I mean, I'm sure you work with people. Well, maybe not because you work at a smaller company. I know I work with people that, that don't do shit all day. Well, let, let's, let me make something clear. You were talking about Larry earlier. I mean, Larry. that guy's just, <laughs> he's a slacker, but he's just mainly just a shitty employee. And so that's kind of the bottom of the barrel. And then there's like, like this German guy, Klaus or whatever his name is, uh, he, you know, he works for a European civil servant job, which kind of slacking is just the norm. But to be like a top level slacker, you've really got to learn the skills to slack at a private company, a private capitalist company. There's a report right. here that says average time spent on private activities at work is between 1.5 and three hours a day. 
is that average across like all American workers or what? Or yeah. all world workers? I think it's all American workers. Hmm. So three hours a day doing surfing, surfing the internet, playing on Facebook, posting tweets. And I probably, sh- and I probably should uh, amend something I just said. It's actually, I don't think it's like private or public company. I think it actually depends on the size of the company. Like if you work for a giant corporation, it's virtually the same as working for a municipality or state or a federal job uh, or like, you know, the military, Jesus Christ. Well, we have a mutual friend who works for a pretty giant company. He rarely has to go to work if he doesn't want to. Right. He, he, he literally works from bed with his head propped up on his pillow, looking like, like sort of glancing at his laptop, like, you know, in his peripheral vision. <laughs> it's amazing. It's incredible. It is amazing. Yeah. And I work, you know, I work, my company works with a similar giant company. So I work with a bunch of these people and it's the same thing. And you just see, you're like, you just go every day, you show up to work, you hang out with a few people you've worked with for years. It's basically hanging out with Water your friends, shooting talk. the shit. Yeah. Talk about the uh, big bang theory that was on, you know, uh, syndication last night while you're watching dinner at six. Talk about boardwalk empire. Dinner, eating dinner. Yeah. But, but the thing is, it's like these guys are master slackers they've they've developed the art of slacking to the point where when they need to they can prove their self-worth like right. when per- performance reviews are in it's just like oh well i did this and this and this today and, it, and it, i think it's a skill i think it's an art i think oh, it's, it's a learned a skill. skill how to slack at work without looking like a shitty employee like larry slacked but everybody's like yeah he sucks this There's various techniques. He, he was. People shouldn't realize that you're slacking, or, or your superiors shouldn't realize that you're your slacking. coworkers will know because your coworkers, your coworkers will be <laughs> like, "Yeah, he just does. He's just on Reddit all day at work." Well, they have to work harder to make up for the slack. Yeah, that's how they know. They're like, "God damn, it's it's been really hard to do my job since that guy started." <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a master slacker, then uh, your your superiors are never going to know. Teflon. You know, it's funny at, at my work. I just realized this the other day. I was talking to one of the uh, IT guys. They're like, yeah, you know they shut down the Wi-Fi in the bathroom? <laughs> so it's basically just to fuck with people who took the 15-minute shit, which I is know. a great technique for slacking. The 15-minute shit. Gonna, I mean, think how hard it would be to bring up if somebody were going to try and you know, point the finger at you like... D takes really long bowel movements. I'm going to bring that up with our, you know, group supervisor. You can't do that. No, no one's going to say anything. So, I mean, if you want to slack for a good 15 minutes, just go take the 15 minute shit. If you're a female, you can uh, extend this uh, bowel movement technique into menstruation, female problems. problems. Well, you don't even have to say menstruation, just anything to do with the uterus and the vagina. Uh, Free pass to do basically whatever you want. Cramps. One other thing, if you want to slack and not get caught, at least not um, garner the attention of your superiors, don't make egregious mistakes. Like, don't do anything that's just, just be a mediocre employee that does his job, spaces it out. That's another thing. Hence, hence you know, are you brought up that Larry was snoring at his desk? I mean, come on, dude. Come on, dude. Larry also fucked up consistently. That guy would make so many mistakes. Drawing attention to yourself. Drawing attention to yourself. It's That's like, a big no-no. If you really want to be a master slacker. Yeah, it's just what you do is just do, your, do a mediocre job. Don't do an exemplary job because then they're going to promote you. Oh, you don't want to be promoted. You don't want to be promoted because then now you're going to get so much more exposure, much more. You shift supervisor. Yeah, then, then you have much more responsibility. But you right. also don't want to be demoted. 
And I mean, not even demote necessarily where they dock your pay or give you a lesser position, but just in their eyes, they're like, yeah, he's the worst employee. If we, have, if we end up riffing people, he's going to be the first one on the list. Well, plus, we, I mean, when you start talking about promotion or demotion, that makes me think or points out to me that the really fertile ground for slacking is middle man- management. Oh, middle management's perfect for <laughs> That's slacking. That's where all the prime slacking opportunity exists. You get yeah. some people below you that will do all the shit that you don't want to do. So that takes a bunch of your tasks away that you, where you can, now you, when you had to do those, now you just slack because you can like, all these people can file papers and staple things and shit like that. And then, but you're not like, like you were saying, you don't have, you don't have to really take responsibility either. Cause then there's managers above you like, well, that's his job. Yeah, no, the, the middle management's the best. Because well, for you, slacking. You, well, for <laughs> it's slacking. Actually, it's actually completely soul-crushing, crushing, and you'll probably commit suicide someday, but it's great for slacking. It does prematurely Day-to-day. age you as well. Yeah. Uh, but one, one thing for a middle manager, here's a great technique I've learned. Produce like extensive detailed roadmaps for every project you're working on. That's a great point. Yeah, you just map it out and be like, yeah, I'm working on a roadmap for the... Uh, you know, the uh, 1.0 version reconstruction project. And it's just <laughs> this, like... This, this might be confusing to people who aren't like, don't do this kind of work, but I'll describe it. You're not actually doing work. You're describing the work that you're doing. <laughs> if you were to be doing that work, which you're not, because you're busy describing what you will and should be doing, but you're too busy describing it. And the software that you should be using to describe the work that you will that you're planning to do should be PowerPoint or some other kind of charting software. You know what a really like high level of this would be is describing the software that you don't even have that you need <laughs> for somebody to purchase that will allow you to track and describe the other things that you should be doing once the software is purchased. And what you need to do is have a meeting to determine what kind of software. One would- meeting? <laughs> what are you, a fucking rookie? this is ultimate slacking yeah yeah because you're not working when you're in meetings but people people. a a rookie slacker doesn't realize this because they think well meetings and typing all this shit up i mean that sounds like work it's not really that hard because if it's if you type something that's wrong nothing's bad is going to happen you'll just say well that's not actual i was just describing what i will be doing like if it's wrong i'll just change it it's not like you actually did work that was wrong or fucked up. You know how many PowerPoints I've made this year? No. Like at <laughs> Tell least, me. At least 22. And I spend a good two weeks doing a PowerPoint. Yeah. It's amazing. You got to make it look good and just right. You don't want people to think you do shoddy work. No, no. It's not really work. No, it's, what about flowcharts? Flowcharts are oh, Flowcharts. There, there are people whose job is just to do flowcharts. Do you do, uh, here's something, uh, a, do you do Gantt charts? Gantt charts are very popular in my work. I don't do them personally, but I see a lot of guys, they call it Ganting. Oh, I was I've Ganting. Never yeah, I've never, I, didn't, I didn't even know what a Gantt chart was. Wow. Until all, a couple all, of our, ago. all of our listeners who are like, you know, millennials are just completely just tuning out right now. <laughs> it's like fucking cubicle talk. No, I think we're speaking in some kind of weird corporate tongue. But you know what? Millennials, you're going to be in this position at one time. You're, when you get to be our age, you're going to be a middle manager and you need to learn how to slack properly so you don't get canned like Larry. Did we miss any uh, good tips? We discussed a bunch, but I think we got most of them out. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was uh, I think the most important one is probably the fifteen minute shit. 
The one thing was that comes from <laughs> Seinfeld addressed it a while ago. That just like being mad all the time. That means is, that means you're stressed out because you're working so much. But you're not really like. Oh, it was no. George, remember George Costanza? He he just like always look angry. And like be on the phone and yelling at people, but you're not really doing anything. You're just like, when are you gonna give me this report? And the person's like, I didn't even know you needed that, or it's not my responsibility. And you're like, well, somebody's gotta do it, and you just hang up on them. I walk with determination, like just briskly, like oh, I'm, brisk I'm, I'm really fat. I gotta get somewhere because I have something really important to do. But really, you're just getting back to your cube to like look at your Facebook account. Yeah, or eat some Jelly Bellies or something. You know, play solitaire in your phone. <laughs> doodle jump that's my game oh. anyway people learn how to slack properly or you will be laid off like larry and some dickheads are going to get a reference request for you years down the line and then we're going to they're going to talk about you on a podcast you know or want that you'll to actually be successful and climb the carpet ladder and be some complete fucking type a dickhead nobody wants that either yeah so just learn how to slack properly people this is episode 457 here is sick and wrong um you know the way the show works send us your stories we read them here on the show. If we give you credit, you, you will get a sick and wrong care package. Um, we received some great stories here this week. Uh, before we get to our first one, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, wankers. Put down that old, worn-out fleshlight for a minute and listen up. If you go to adamandeve.com right now and buy one item, you'll get three bonus gifts six adult movies, and free shipping. That's 10 free gifts. Just enter offer code DIDDLE at checkout. D-I-D-D-L-E at adamandeve.com. So the first story came in uh, from Cheryl. Cheryl writes, I can't believe he had a wife. Um, Cheryl's referring to the quad amputee who's currently being sought after for his parents' death. His, uh, authorities are searching for him, uh, cause they suspect that, uh, he murdered his parents. <laughs> Sean Petrozino made headlines with his upbeat attitude after bacterial meningitis and more than a dozen surgeries ravaged his body. We did the surgeries ravage his body, or were those trying to fix his body? Yeah, trying to to uh, fix it. He Stem had the tide bacterial meningitis. meningitis just ravaged his uh, physique. Um, this was 14 years ago. Bacteria destroyed his hands, his feet, and parts of his limbs. Anybody can get this, right? It's like it's not an STD. It's not like Ebola. It's just oh 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 you yeah, have meningitis. Yeah. A, a germ got onto your spine, and yeah. uh, now you're all fucked up. And it, yeah, and you lose your limbs. Now you're quad amputee. And he was a, this is, they, they point out here, he was a sophomore clarinetist. Remember oh, those guys? Lost, uh, yeah. Guys that played the clarinet in the high school band? Woody Allen. What did, what did you play in the high school band? Saxophone. Did you really? Yeah. Were you any good? No, of course not. <laughs> what the fuck? Did you ever know me have any musical talent? Do you still have the saxophone? No, I wish I did. I would annoy the shit out of my neighbors with it. It'd be so much better than the slide whistle. You just hear you in the background like... I think 
think I can carry a tune on the slide whistle probably better than. I mean, the saxophone it has like fucking fifty three keys. I, like that's what I I never figured it out. I was like, I, what what the fuck button am I supposed to press? I don't know. I don't even know how you do it. I've never played, been able to play a trumpet or a saxophone. I mean, my proficiency with the slide whistle would probably translate better into the trombone. I did play the triangle. I was pretty good no, at you that. Didn't. I'm lying. I, you know, I never played any instrument except for the piano for like a year. That's a fucking. What do you mean? I never played any instrument except for that big fucking like fancy ass one. No, we had a piano in in my house. Right, and, you just uh, played it for a year. I played it for a year. It's called playing an instrument. But I never played it because, like, you played in the high school. But I wasn't in the high school band. What did you do? A recital? No, I, I didn't play it in high school. I was I played it when I was a kid. Like I could play like uh, Purple Rain. Oh well, when I say high school, I mean junior high. So in high school, you weren't playing any instruments anymore. No, of course. I was smoking cigarettes and like jacking off. I wish I wish I was playing like a, a guitar or something. I wouldn't be doing this fucking podcast now. Working at my shitty job. Well, let's qualify that. You wish you were playing it and were good at the instrument. Okay, I mean, if I plenty I've, of people were playing guitar in high school and aren't doing a podcast and are also aren't famous uh, rock musicians. Well, I'm just saying, if I was good and stuck with it, and like my parents pushed me to do it, but my parents were kind of like, "Yeah, you want you want to play guitar? Here's a guitar. You want to mm-hmm. play piano? We got a piano in the other room. Just play it." And then they're like, "Ah, oh, all right, he doesn't care." So anyway, this kid, this makes it even more tragic. He was a a clarinetist, and then all of a sudden he gets bacterial meningitis. Loses his hands, loses his feet, multiple amputee at 16 years old. He could still play the kazoo. He could play that, but someone's got to put it in his mouth. Come on, he could roll over to it. I suppose he could do the roll. <laughs> but he touched many with his positive outlook. What about that Bob Dylan harmonica thing? Oh, with the attachment? Yeah, the attachment. Hey, he could do that. Yeah. So this kid here, he loses his limbs. But yet he still maintains his positive outlook, prompting donations of a voice command laptop, wheelchair ramps, and a specially equipped van. The community, you know, he cried out, the community answered. It's a reg- regular Stephen Hawking, this guy. Well, he's a positive kid. You know, he's upbeat. He's positive about his uh, disability, his, you know, his misfortune. If you want stuff and you get all fucked up and you want stuff, you got to be upbeat. You can't be like, I hate my life. Well, that's the thing. I would be the most hateful, bitter son of a bitch. Like, You're not getting any stuff? Though. I know. I wouldn't. I'd just be sitting in my dark room. I would refuse to go to high school, though. Would you go back to high school? Fuck no. Fuck no. I'd be just this bitter kid. I mean, how does this guy even jerk off? Doesn't. Well, no, I mean, I guess he could. But I remember there was a kid in my high school that had some kind of weird disease, like Webster's disease. He was only like maybe three and a half feet, four feet tall. <laughs> his Webster. Okay. Remember Webster? I was gonna say his Web- yeah, I do. I was going to say his Webster's disease, something I don't know about. Or are you talking about the disease that Webster had? <laughs> it's not like Lou Gehrig's disease. <laughs> It should be called after him. No, but it should. I call it Webster's disease. I don't remember what it is. It's like you're a little black kid with a pushed out stomach. You know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. Impetigo or whatever it's called. Impetigo. It's something. Whatever. It stunted his growth. A midget, right? Well, he was a cute little kid, but I mean, like Gary Coleman, just turned into this horrific, you know, hideous adult. And so, Manuel Lewis is still alive, isn't he? I have no idea. I'm, I'm sure he's hideous looking. I think I saw him and he wasn't that bad. And I was like, wow, I thought he was dead. 
Someone, someone sent in a picture of Emmanuel Lewis. I bet you he is just. A, I bet you he's just a ghoulish-looking creature. But anyway, uh, so this kid, I don't know. He had some kind of disease with his liver, Webster's disease. He was, he was like four feet tall, hideous. You know, he was never going to get laid. Probably never even. Are see you talking about yourself? No, I'm talking about this kid. Oh, his name some was. Uh, tell stories about you know they say it's like oh this guy I knew in high school, but really it's them. Well, we call them Rotundo. Like a, we just call him Rotundo. He used to like play. He's a circus freak. <laughs> well, he would bring the balls out when we played. You know, we played football, and so he'd be, he was one of the ball guys. He'd bring out all the balls, and we'd be like, "Here's Rotundo." Whatever. Anyway, I just remember, I remember talking to Rotundo and being like, "Why are you here? Like, why would you come? Why would you come to high school every day?" I think it's the law, technically. Is it? Right? I mean, I mean even, there's truancy laws. He's he. You gotta I, be in school. I heard his life expectancy was 26. Is he still alive now? Uh, no, I think he died. <laughs> you didn't I, keep I don't track. know. No, I, I didn't really know Rotundo that well. But but I mean, <laughs> if, a, I take it he's not on Facebook. <laughs> I've I've never looked him up. I don't even know his real name. But but if you if you were Rotundo, you had this you know life threatening illness. Not even life threatening. You were going. You're a terminally ill kid. You're going to die at 26. Doctors say, yeah, your life expectancy is 26. Would you be in high school? Uh, I actually have to think about that for a minute. Cause we had a kid who was sort of like, he had weird uh, genetic problems. Uh, not mental. Like he was totally mentally there, but he was clearly not long for this world. And he came to school every day, but he was also like the biggest fucking stoner drunk fuck up <laughs> at our high school. All right. And I every... can see that. I can relate to that. So then you kind of, I mean, you don't want to just sit at home cause he would come to high school. He would come to school and, you know, find out when the weekend or weekday even, cause he was that kind of a guy like, you know, Wednesday night we're getting fucked up on the dead end road. Uh, yeah, but what I'm, sure, I'm sure this dude's not alive anymore, but he'd always be, you know, smoking cigarettes, weed, drinking beer, whiskey, uh, so I think I would go to school. I certainly wouldn't study or care about my grades. So you would just be a party uh, vegetable. Right. <laughs> you know, cause the thing, and the thing in high school, even outside of the grade thing, the thing in high school, when you, you know, when you committed a, you know, a demerit something and then the, Remember there were like a principal and like three vice principals and counselors and they'd always say like, this is going to go in your record. And you'd be like, look at me. <laughs> I don't give a shit about my record. I'm going to be dead in five years. Fuck you. You have I no mean, power over me. I guess you could go to high school and be an asshole. I think I would just stay home and play video games and get high. Yeah, but what about seeing all that hot fucking high school tale? That you're never going to be able to bang because get it, you're four feet tall and you have no hands. Right. But you could, uh, you know, what if you grab some ass? I guess you could. They get stomped I can't by your believe- jock boyfriend. Did- oh, oh, sorry, D. I, I forgot you're all fucked up. I can't be mean to you. So this kid made headlines, you know, 14 years ago when he lost his limbs, his feet, his hands. Well, he made headlines again this past week. Petrozino, now 30 years old, is being called a dangerous gun-toting person of interest in the fatal shooting of his parents. First of all, <laughs> toting. He's not toting anything. Well, yeah, where does he put the gun? Maybe he has some kind of a tote that hangs around his neck. He could have something like that. Yeah. Um, the bodies of uh, Nancy Petrozino, his mother, 64 years old, and Michael Petrozino were found Tuesday, prompting a search for their son and his father's missing vehicle. Detectives saw a surveillance photo of uh, Petrozino taken near a Wells Fargo ATM. How far could you think this kid could really get? 
this fucking story. Maybe he has prosthetics. So he shot his parents, they think. The yeah. car is gone. So they think somehow he also drove the car away. And now you're telling me the evidence they have is a photo of him near the ATM. What? Pushing the buttons with his nose? Putting the card <laughs> in with his mouth? I think he's just missing his hands. So he does have nubs. But he doesn't have any feet. He said he's a quadriplegic. He has no hands and no feet. Well, he's missing his limbs. Parts of his limbs. So I, I think, think he has like fake legs. He's, he's got to have work. prosthetics. Well, it says here, um, Jerry Saunders, CEO of ABC Prosthetics, said handless people, people that have no hands, have the ability to fire weapons without special devices. Hmm. How the hell does that happen? What do you think he's doing? I don't know. You just put your nub in the little uh, trigger guard and just maybe fucking rack it back like that. Pull the hammer with your chin. You're a gun owner. You hold your gun, what, with two hands? Oh, Yes. Gun safety. <laughs> it's very important. So this guy managed to shoot both of his parents by putting the gun in between his chin and his and his neck <laughs> and then using it with his... I, I find that hard Maybe to Maybe his armpit of his one hand and then he pulls the trigger with his other nub. But the, it's a nub. I guess maybe the nub has a little knuckle bump or something. Right. Or maybe I, he's got the trigger guard cut off. Where he can just like pull the trigger just with his wrist. How accurate? Do you can have you really a wrist? Be, though? Do you just have a nub? No, there's no wrist. It's just a nub. It's just a little. I mean, it's just like a, a stump. It's just the end of the limb. I just don't point. see how accurate he could be to shoot two people. Well, I mean, I mean, he probably does lots of things that would amaze you, like you know, piss in the toilet, <laughs> wipe his ass. I bet he um, doesn't wipe his own ass. Authorities said, uh, I've been looking for uh, Petrozino. His, his mother-in-law said that he recently separated from his wife and moved in with his parents. I'm sure his parents were stoked about that. I'm sure his cripple. ex-wife was stoked about it. His mother was a longtime uh, teacher and his father was a Walt Disney World cast member. What the fuck <laughs> does that mean? <laughs> Did this happen in Anaheim? Or yeah, Orlando? It's, or no, uh, Orange. It's right in yeah, South yeah, Florida yeah. near right. uh, Orlando. Walt Disney World. I thought you meant land. Yeah, Walt Disney World. So what do you think he is? Like uh, Goofy? Pinocchio? Or, or, you know, one of the productions. You know, some type of... Uh, it's a cast know, member. Maybe though, they're so doing maybe. Godspell or something. <laughs> Fucking Disney World. I don't know what he's doing. Gotta, yeah, his wife must have been stoked. I don't even get that. Like, how do you even get married when you have... Uh, I mean, no hands. There's a lot of... Com- well, we've, we've done this to death. But, you know, uh, Frank Moore... He had, like, multiple wives, yeah, effectively. Right. Bob Madigan had a wife. <laughs> you're really going to compare Bob Madigan to this guy? Haven't we been in enough trouble with that? I- I'm going to stop doing that, but I'm just saying this guy... <laughs> what do you- today, today you're going to stop. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. What do you think she looked like? She might have been hot. I would, I would bet you uh, Some my dollars girls- to your donuts. She's Some girls aren't interested in a guy for his good looks or that they're gonna he's gonna protect her or provide for her. Some girls are interested in guys because they have a super strong mothering instinct. <laughs> it's true. Well, at least he's not gonna punch you. If you're a true piece of shit, like a lot of dudes in bands get that. You know, we always talk about like, oh, if you're in a band, you get the hottest chick ever. But a lot of dudes who are in bands are like in shitty bands and they don't make any money. And they're just fucking living on people's couches. And then they get hot girlfriends because they find the hot girl who really wants 
a cool, hip dude who's helpless to take care of. Yeah, a lot of girls have that maternal instinct. And there's not a huge jump from that to like, oh, well, this guy's, you know, he played clarinet. He's not in a rock band, but he played clarinet, and he had such a positive attitude after becoming quadriplegic. I, I think I love him. I'm going to marry him. What are the people that have the fetish for the disabled? You That's, know different. About? That's a different thing. She might have been one of those. She might have been one of those. But I think those are usually dudes, don't you? Um, dudes fetishizing crippled, crippled women. Ladies. Yeah. yeah. Petrozino says lots of important things in life just happen by chance. You know someone and get a job makes you millions of dollars, or you get a disease. There doesn't seem to be a reason why some things happen. He's got a point there. No, I mean, but he just say almost everything. There's no reason for it. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have predicted even if you're, even if you're the course Larry, of events? Even if you're Larry and fucking nothing good ever comes of your life, or you're fucking Larry Ellison and you're like fucking multi-billionaire, you're still just going to fucking die in like a very cosmically short period of time. Eventually you're going to die. And nobody will remember you in, in the cosmic uh, time spans. Why, why don't you think he got hooks for hands? Maybe he did. Because it says here he just had stumps. Well, fucking, you know, newspaper reporters are notorious for being extremely inaccurate with the facts. I would look like something out of the road warrior, just with big blades sticking out of my stumps. Right. Not getting laid or, uh, anyway. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, like uh, Scorpion. Right. Baraka. Sometimes I just kind of wish it would happen, because so my, you know, my hands are just boring. And But if I had some kind of a cool appendage, my life would be much better. Tentacle hands, like octopus. <laughs> I don't think they've. I don't think technology has progressed that far. You can just get whatever kind of animal limb you want. I'm happy with a rusty hook. Yeah, I think rusty that would be hook. Great. Rusty it's good hook. enough for my grandpa. It's good enough for my grandpa's grandpa. <laughs> well, we'll see if they end up catching this guy. I'm interested to hear how he was able to uh, shoot the gun. Right. We'll find out. What do you have here for the second story? This one was sent in by Stevie with no comment, but uh, sick and wrong fan Stevie sent it in nonetheless. Stevie. Stevie. Stevie Perry. Stevie Perry, you were talking about how uh, boring the baseball games were last episode or maybe the one before, but uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Stevie Perry was at a lot of the games. Big Giants fan, apparently. Is a big Giants fan, that guy? At one point, they started playing, blah, you know, "City by the Bay," whatever that song is, and he like, like ran out and mimed the whole fucking thing. It was amazing. <laughs> I think he, left, he was with his child, and he just left his child like fucking like eight rows up while he was like hamming it up with a goddamn camera. Like, give it up, Stevie Perry. That, that was fucking the eighties. Was he on the field? No, he was just in the stands, not even in good seats. Just lip syncing. Wow. Right, but the camera caught him, and he just hammed it up. You know, the Jumbotron? Jumbotron. You yeah. got to do that. I don't think this is Stevie Perry, though. I just like to, I like to keep our famous fans kind of incognito. I know they don't like to be called out. So this is a different Stevie. Yeah, we did that last week and caught some flack for it. <laughs> There's a guy in uh, Delhi, uh, the this large city in India, who uh he owns a shop and he ended up killing a dude <laughs> wow is yeah. that it yeah, well no <laughs> there's no names in this thing which makes you think that uh, the indian press keeps everybody 
sort of anonymous. Yeah, but think about it. Would you be able to pronounce those names? Probably not. Yeah, see. Uh, the, the guy, the main character of the tale is 36 and he's a shop owner. He invited a, a 45 year old guy who's a medicine supplier. Is that like a legitimate thing? Like, like he like deals in, I don't know, cholesterol, like medicine or something, whatever they call that stuff. Hmm. I, I figured it was like a drug dealer. Medicine supplier. Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> no. Isn't India one of those places where, like, even if you're caught with like a tiny roach, they'll cut your dick off? But but when you say medicine, it's like I don't think they have like you know how here you have to have insurance to to go to Walgreens to go to the pharmacist. I don't think they have that in India. Well, why not? I mean, England has you know national health care, and they sort of Indian societies modeled on based on when they were co- colonized, right? I think in India you could just go into any drugstore. It's like yeah, whatever you want. Hmm everything's over the counter makes you want to go to india yeah i bet you it's like that well this guy's a supplier of those things <laughs> like can i get some levitra <laughs> what is le- every drug i hear now i always think it's a boner medication. yeah i was about to say i'm levitra boner pill cialis viagra obviously boner but some pill. of them aren't some of it's like oh no that's for cholesterol what i'm trying to get a boner yeah but if they say if you if anybody says yeah i just got that drug be like oh boner pill huh Prilosec. Oh, they, for your boner? <laughs> boner. No, huh? it's heartburn. <laughs> okay, yeah, boner pill. Good luck with that boner. I mean, <laughs> the like invisible hand of the marketplace, just everybody would be making boner medication because old white dudes have all the money and they that's all they care about is their boner. Well, who cares about curing breast cancer? No. I need a boner. No. You know who gets breast cancer? Old ladies who <laughs> nobody cares about their tits anymore. Yeah. But my boner is much more important. Right. That was a ter- terrible thing to say, by the way. It was awful. Sorry. I rescind that uh, comment. Anyway, but, you know, it's actually justified because this medicine supplier, uh, who's 45 years old, actually raped a 14-year-old girl, allegedly. What is the deal with India and rape? It's a hyper-patriarchal society still. So uh, women are not really valued as a person. They're just they, kind of property. They like rape more than Slurpees over there. I think the Slurpee thing is mostly when they come over here, it's an easy way to make a buck is selling frozen sugar whipped liquid to fat Americans. <laughs> and then raping their daughters. I don't do a lot of Indian guys rape women over here. I think no, it's they just, in they India. just rape in India. Yeah. But right. it's, but it seems like every, every time you read a story in the paper about India, it's like another rape occurred and you know, some tourists on a bus. 18 guys gang raped her. Oh, they'll rape Western tourists over there for sure. I mean, that happens all the time. But it's just they rape all the time. I do. F- <laughs> I hate to blame the victim, but do you ever notice like it's like two white people from Amsterdam and they're on some bus in like the shittiest fucking hellhole area of <laughs> India? Like not on Taking a white photos. person tour bus, but like just on the real like local fucking shithole, you know, area of the country bus. Like, and then they get gang raped. I'm an amateur photog. I wanted to see some genuine people. I know. They think they're Jacques Cousteau. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to get the real photo. I'm not going to go on a tour, you know, with uh, real food and like an actual fucking porta potty to shit in. I'm going to go with the locals and shit in a hole and, you know, eat fucking baked dirt with some bugs mixed in i mean you've seen those pictures of those indian guys going to work on the train and there's like six thousand of them on one train mm-hmm. you ever see those pictures 
Right. Why do you want to go there? You don't want to go there. I think it'd be interesting, but I also realized that if I was, you know, a white guy with my white fiance and we were like, we're just going to go there on that train and be with the people. I realized that we would stick out like a sore thumb and then we would be fucking, you know, like bait for anybody who had, you know, uh, nefarious purposes or wanted to make a quick buck or, you know, to rape a white lady. Yeah, they're probably going to run a train on you. And then on my fiance. Yeah, I, I would avoid that. Right. But it, it is always some, some unsuspecting like that. Some European tourists. That, some people think that yeah, everybody's the same. And why would you be prejudiced against those people? They're just like everyone else. Well, yeah, you're just saying you're going to stick out and you're going to be a target. Well, it's an idealistic college student goes out there. It's like, yeah, just I'm on my holiday from university. Go over there, take some photos in India. Sure, you're going to get some good photos, but you're also probably going to get raped. Right. Some and of these people are like suck. in their 30s, I think. Yeah, okay, well, they might whatever. They still be they... college students. <laughs> <laughs> but it, there's a lot of raping going on in India. That's the point yeah. of what I was trying to say. This has nothing to do with Western people getting raped, though. That just seems like fear-mongering, sort of Sean Hannity style. So we need to veer away from that. Uh, there's a shop owner, though. He's 36 years old. He lives in Delhi. His 14-year-old daughter was raped by a 45-year-old medicine salesman, allegedly. Yeah. They're probably never going to get to the bottom of it because the medicine salesman is now dead. <laughs> so this is a revenge killing. Right. The, mis- the, the shop owner uh, was away at his shop one day and the medicine supplier come calling at his house <laughs> to sell him some boner pills or something. I don't know. I got your boner pills. What are the, the men of the house? I have the boner pill that he ordered. <laughs> and the 14-year-old daughter comes out and says, Oh, my father is not here. You can leave the boner pill with me. And then the 45-year-old medicine say, salesman proceeds to rape the 14-year-old. Well, he, probably because he took some of the boner pills. He's getting high off. Of, he's getting hard off his own supply. <laughs> he's getting hard off his own supply. Never do that. No. It's the worst thing that Look you could what's do. Happened. Well, then he rapes the 14-year-old guy, and then he goes on his merry way. And uh, the shop owner comes back. Shop's closed. It's 11 p.m., not 7 a.m. And uh, the daughter tells him, I was raped by the guy who brought your boner pills, dude. What the fuck, dad? And the guy doesn't go to the cops. This is another, uh, you know, one of these strongly patriarchal society things. Uh, Why wouldn't you go to the cops? You come home from work. Your 14-year-old daughter tells you that a fucking adult-ass man came over to your house and raped her. But why would you go to the cops? Because cops aren't uh, going to do anything, probably. No, that's not why. They would do something. They're feckless. But, but you fear that the neighbors and your relatives would blame your daughter for the incident. Oh, so he feared. Okay, so he feared the uh, social criticism. Uh, blame, blame never flows to a man when it's a no. woman accusing a man, or especially a girl accusing a man. Come on. Blame flows to the girl, the woman, the daughter. That's depressing. The underage girl. Patriarchal society. Pin the blame on the victim. But you got to give this guy credit because it's not that she didn't do nothing. He didn't go to the cops, which he probably shouldn't have done. What he did do is he invited the medicine salesman uh, over to his house for dinner, uh, I think maybe two months later. A couple months later. So he waited and prepared a special dinner. Was he a poisoner? Well, he said he wanted. He said, "Hey, please come over to my house. Uh, you know, you, you always give me those great boner pills, and I love it. 
Uh, and I, by the way, I know nothing about you raping my daughter, but just come over and discuss some issue. And the medicine salesman was like, sure, I'd like love to come over for some dinner. And uh, he served him dinner. He actually came over and he ate a full meal, non, you know, the like right chicken tikka masala, chicken tikka some, masala, some rice, yeah. some, maybe some rice, some non bread. Uh, Probably had a couple pieces garlic non, regular non. Those weird fucking mints that you just spoon out and put in your mouth. Well, that, is that the end of the meal? <laughs> yeah. is that, it's at the end of the meal. Yeah, right. Some Indian maybe. tea. Right there, you go. Chutney sauce. After the chutney sauce. <laughs> Uh, the father overpowered the man and tied him to a chair. Okay. So now, now this isn't a typical after dinner conversation. No, it's more like a Tarantino movie. It, this is, yeah, this is getting into the Tarantino zone. Right. You wanted the free meal and you thought that maybe he didn't know that you raped his daughter, 14 year old daughter, but now you're like, I'm pretty sure he knows. So did he put on a song from the seventies? An Indian song from the 70s? I don't know. It doesn't have to be Indian, but it could be like Stuck in the Middle with You. <laughs> the Steeler, Indian version? Steeler's Wheel. The Indian musical I'm stuck version. stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> with the big like 30-person song and dance routine? I don't know. It doesn't say. Maybe he did. I don't know. He should have. But he didn't, uh, to make a long story short, <laughs> he burned the guy's genitals with some hot tongs. Wow. You always got to keep some hot tongs around the place. Well, he's just cooking some Indian food. He probably had them in the coals, pulled right. them out. Is that what you, you did to Hecubus's nuts? That's How else do you think I neutered him? I know, because you're too cheap to take him to the fucking vet. <laughs> After he uh, burned his genitals with uh, heated tongs, he then strangled him to death. <laughs> he, he then went to the police and told them what he did, that he'd uh, accidentally killed his daughter's rapist. He, he says he didn't mean to kill him. His father's like the Indian Charlie Bronson. Is he just a badass? Yeah, I would love to see the movie. I lo- This is my favorite kind of movie where uh, either like a dad or an uncle, like the daughter gets murdered and she gets involved with drugs. Like, I don't really care about that fucking part. The best movies it happens before the movie even starts. Like, you just know that the daughter's dead or the niece uh, or the grandkid, whatever. Like, take it. You kind of like, like Taken that? or uh, The Horseman is a good, probably my favorite one. Or a lot of Charles Bronson movies, same thing. And then he just goes out to fucking just revenge, know, vendetta yeah, movies, destroy the guy. Right? Yeah, it's great. That's a, but this guy though, I kind of like the creative approach. Fed him dinner. Next thing you know, overpowers him. Hot tongs to the nuts. Right. If you rape somebody's kid, uh, just assume that they found out about it. Don't go over to dinner. Yeah, I would probably avoid that. Yeah, just Obviously. make up an excuse. Say you have diarrhea that night, or uh, you've got to go cross country to sell fucking Cialis to you know the west side of India or something like that. What, what do you think would have happened to the guy if he didn't kill him? Like he didn't strangle him, but he did like just you know burn off his junk. So the dude's a eunuch now. Like, do you think the Indian society would be like, oh, you know, we're going to be lenient with the guy. He did rape his daughter. He cut off his nuts. Eye for well, an eye. Well, if there's anything I know a shitload about, it's how the fucking Indian courts and <laughs> societal judgment works. I'm just saying, I really, I'm not even willing to, normally I would just make up some shit, but I have no idea. I, I just think he carried, it, he carried it a bit, too, a bit far with the strangling. I think he could have just like, you know, he already had the tongs on his uh, junk. What if you pounded his face so badly that he just had to speak, breathe, see, and eat through a tube for the rest of his life? But he still has his junk intact, so he could still go raping. 
I'm just saying, without any junk, what are you gonna, how are you going to be doing some raping? You're not, uh, you're not going to be uh, true. penetrating anything. That's true, but a lot of, in America, a lot of uh, guys who are sexual deviants and they're in prison, uh, they'll make this argument, right? They're like, if you chemically castrate me or really castrate me or completely like de-fucking-penis me, uh, then, I, then you can let me out of prison, right? But not really, because the whole thing about abusing children or women it's not purely about uh the genitalia yeah it's not sexual uh fulfillment it's you know it's some of it mental but but it's the it's the power the dominance so even if they had all their junk burned off they could still go out there and like you know overpower women and abuse them all right cut his legs off cut his arms off cut his dick off let him go it's like the Metallica song, right? <laughs> I still want to rape a girl, but I'm just one. <laughs> People, send yeah. your stories to podcast at uh, hamlet.com. We have a few phone calls to get to, several phone calls. Uh, before we get to our first one, uh, here's a word from our sponsor. Let me ask you a question. Are you getting enough? I bet you'd love more, right? Well, AdamandEve.com wants to give you more with 10 free gifts. Select one item and get 10 free gifts, including free shipping when you enter offer code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E at AdamandEve.com. So we've got a few phone calls here. The Sick Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846 is that number. Um, the first call is about uh, the Amish. Well, certain kind of Amish. Hey guys, this is uh, Homunculus Fart. I uh, got a little business proposition for you. My buddy came up with the idea of maybe uh, renting out retards for the retard strength, uh, lifting heavy boxes, moving stuff, changing tractor tires, you know, stuff like that. You know, you never see retards doing stuff like that. Usually they're no. Usually they're working like a Taco Bell, or uh, they're working in like a fast food restaurant or a store bagging groceries. Hmm. Why not harness the uh, the true power? I just feel like I'm just more likely to be in a Taco Bell or grocery store than the type of place where a retarded person would be like moving a giant tractor tire. Like I don't, I don't go, I don't spend a lot of my time at the tractor store. Yeah, but okay, when you go doing your counting light bulbs at like a factory or something how come they don't have tards there just doing the manual you know the heavy labor the lifting there's too i mean there's robots there's too too much dangerous equipment but if you worked at a tractor store it was just like well we have all these tractor tires that are over there and they need to be moved 20 feet over that way yeah but don't you have like forklifts for that Maybe, but the forklift, you know, the forklift costs like maybe thirty grand, and you got to pay for the gas for it, or where. You and you, you can't train a tard to drive a forklift. No, but you could just make them lift it. I guess you could with the retard strength. But maybe, maybe this guy's right. Maybe that's a myth. Maybe that doesn't even exist. Well, let's see. And uh, so I, I decided to take it a step further. Living in uh, Pennsylvania, we got no shortage of Amish people around here, and. Uh, since that's a sort of a closed loop gene pool there, they uh, they got their fair share of retards. So I was going to have a whole stable of uh, Amish retards that could probably raise a barn in under three hours. So if uh, if that sounds like something you guys want to invest in, let me know. Um, 
Wackerly, if you want to come down, uh, central Pennsylvania, western Pennsylvania, they, um, from what I understand, the Amish are offering close to a grand uh, to impregnate their daughters with some outside DNA. So if you want to get some practice to make sure your junk works before you dump a load in your wife, uh, come on down. Let me know what you think, and uh, stay sick. Is that true? I don't know. Is that true? I've never heard that before. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> so many guys would be lined up. Yeah, but why Why do they want outside semen? Because there's there's too much inbreeding. So they'll pay a thousand bucks for somebody no, to come over. No, it's bullshit. <laughs> there's no way that could be true. Why does he think I wouldn't be? I wouldn't want to do that. I, they wouldn't take you. Oh, why? Because the Jewish blood? Yeah, you're Jewish. You're the devil. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I wonder how... Uh, I wonder if you could harness the power of Amish retards to um, to raise a barn. Well, this guy thinks he can. I mean, what do you call him? A liar? Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering. I mean, it's... You're calling the question his business plan? Do you think the Amish have a lot of retards? The funny thing, I mean, like, what if you're like, okay, I'm in Ohio. You're in Western Pennsylvania. Like, yeah, bring them on. You know, I need, I need to have a barn built. And then you're like, well, okay, I'll get them there in like fucking three months because we have to walk. <laughs> we're on a buggy. Or like, yeah, we're in a fucking horse-drawn <laughs> buggy to get over there. You can't put them in a car. They, they'll, they'll freak out. Yeah, but the, them, elder, the elders will freak out at least. So you could only raise raise barns in like a three-mile radius. Yeah, you'd be like, I've got this really great business. You know, my overhead is super low and uh, I just got to feed these guys corn and I don't know, fucking bacon or something. But our 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 zone our business area is like one square mile. <laughs> That's where he can go like in a week. You know what I think this guy should do? He's not going to be able to transport these tards. I think what he should do is make an Amish tard fight club. Make the videos, sell them to world star hip hop. That's probably a better way to make money. And it's easier. It's, it's localized. It's yeah. like one area. Amish. I think they're uh, kind of peaceful club. though. You give him a rake. Say say that he like took the Lord's name in vain. Next thing you know, uh, oh, there attack. You go. Blasphemer. There you go. Blasphemer. Um, here's another call. What's up, D and Lance? It's Matt in LA. <clears throat> I'm listening to you guys talk about Artexia. You're talking about how governments like, you know, should let their citizens choose their own shit, make their own mistakes. Yet your guys' podcast focuses solely on like how fucking stupid people are. Not the government's any better. I just thought I'd point that out. Love the show. It's fucking hilarious. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Later. Hmm. Ironic, huh? Are you friends with that guy? No, I don't even know him. He's in LA. Not, well, I'm not friends with everyone in LA. We, but you should hang out with him. He's a fan of the show. <laughs> I probably Matt. should. But you know what? We also have a lot of fans up in the Bay Area that you've never met. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> Especially uh, critics of the show here. This guy. No, it's true. I mean, we, we got to make fun of somebody. If it's the government one week, it's the people the next week. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they're stupid people doesn't... I don't, I don't think his point is salient. I mean, the fact that they're stupid people doesn't mean... I don't think they should be allowed to be as stupid as fucking humanly possible. I think it's survival of the fittest. Let them, let them be on their own, make their choices. You know? They have... Uh, obese children they're just gonna die earlier use less resources but you've you've heard this uh i mean survival of the fittest doesn't mean survival of the best the smartest and the like most capable 
ultimately cockroaches will fucking supplant us because they can just live through anything. Yeah, they're resilient. They're, yeah, they're they're the best fit for the environment. But I'm just saying it's like people that don't take care of themselves. Right. We'll probably die earlier. But if I guess here, here I'll bring it uh, into better resolution. If you had a society of like really smart people who, you know, had like, you know, they, you know, a couple of them would get together once in a while and they'd have a couple kids in a reasonable fashion. Uh, and then you had a different society that had a bunch of really, really stupid people who did dumb things and killed themselves also themselves off all the time. But at the same time, they also fucked at a young age and had like 83 children each. That society would thrive more than the other one. Yeah, And then because they breed more. Right. And those are the bread and butter of the show. Yeah. Well, so I mean, survival of the fittest is those people. They're surviving. They're filling up the trailer parks and, you know, giving us weekly fodder. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, then, it's great. What, what, yeah, it's like, what, what, do you want us to talk about Silicon Valley every week? <laughs> um, so we got one more call here. It's an is that gay question. So uh, I haven't done that mm. in a while. Let's, let's play the theme music. I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I think unicorns are kick-ass. Is that gay? I just watched my brother jerk off. Is that gay? I'm at the urinal and this guy's looking over the wall. Is that gay? I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing. But I think you've got a really nice ass. Dean Lance. Sup, you fuckers. It's the North Bay Carpenter. Hey, I got a uh, sick and wrong question for you guys. Or, uh, it's a gay question. Um, is it gay if you spot your friend in the weightlifting sense? Yeah. Not the out of the corner of your eye. Boofing <laughs> a pill. Is that gay? Wait, what? Wait, he was saying, is that gay to spot your friend in the weightlifting sense? Like if they're lifting weights together? What's up, Dean Lance? It's Matt in LA. (laughs) Is that what he said? What was the last part about the pill? Let me get back to that. I'm going to play that thing again. Hold on a second. Not that out of the corner of your eye. Boofing a pill. Is that gay? I didn't quite get that. What did he say? Boosting a pill? Boosting uphill? Boosting uphill? I think he was just asking, is, is it gay to spot your friend in the gym when he's, you know, doing a bench press? I think that's, I think that's what he's asking, too. I, I, could, I, I heard says? something pill. I think it's, I think it's gay just yeah. to lift weights with your friend. Right. If you want to be exercising in that manner, you know, anaerobic, whatever, bulk building shit, you should be doing it like Rocky or Little Mac. Um, <laughs> From Tyson's punch out? Yeah. Like, just, it's it's okay to have another guy there to be making sure you're not fucking yourself up, but he should just be like an old King Tankers guy. He's like, get your fucking like Mickey. that meat, you son of a bitch. Or in, you know. Get in, that uh, chicken. In punch out, <laughs> it was like, you know, the black guy just riding the bike next to you. Glass Jaw Joe, remember that no, guy? That's the guy you fight. I don't know what the guy's name is. In King Punch Hippo, out, who's riding the bike next to you? <laughs> that, that should be an old, super out of shape person that's just being like, "Yeah, lift more weight, you fucker." Like in Rocky, Paulie would be on the bike, just like, "Come on, come on, Rocco." Was that his name, Paulie? Yeah, remember the fat guy? What's it? I forget his uh, real name. Oh no, but the other guy was the guy who played the Joker in the original Batman's, right? Who, Jack Nicholson? 
No, the original, original, <laughs> like the fifties TV show. Oh yeah, the chase that chicken guy. Who's that guy's name? Mickey? Mickey? Mickey played the original yeah. Joker. I think so. That's I didn't know that. Guy, right? Mickey's you... the best. Paulie. No, Paulie's best. just fucking Adrian's brother. Yeah, Fuck but he. Him. But he became like one of uh, Rocky's managers or ringside. Oh, guys. in the fucking later shittier ones. I'm talking about Rocky One, bitch. No, that was the best. When you get Mickey, yeah. catch that chicken, Rock. Yeah. That, that guy was, was the Joker in the uh, really old Batman's, I think. I had no idea. God, I didn't think he was that old. I could be wrong. <laughs> but anyway, I think it's I think it's gay just to even work out with your friends. Like, or just, or just to have one friend, you guys just like, hey, you ready to go lift some weights? You want to go pump some iron, bro? I want you bench. You go there together, and then you you like spot each other, and you and you and you like lift up. Come on, man! And you pump each other. That's just so gay. Well, what happens if you're like bench pressing like 300 pounds on that shit falls in your neck and nobody's you, there? You don't need to bench press that much. Like, why? Why are you bench pressing that much? What's the fucking line? No, just you know, bench press enough where you where you you maintain your your physique, your cut, or whatever. You don't need to like your bulk cut. up. What no, the like fuck you, is a cut. No, I'm just saying you can be you cut. Sound a little gay. No, I, I go work out every now and then. I don't work out by workout. By myself with my headphones on, I go in there. It's like an hour, and I'm out. What about right pushing the envelope, D? I well, I'm just saying. I don't think working out should be like me and my buddy go out, and we high five each other, we get dressed in coordinated <laughs> outfits. Right. Now you're making it sound gay. You're making it sound like fucking Top Gun type shit, dude. It's so annoying when you see like two dudes like go over there and like on a bench on a bench press. They take over a bench press for like 30 minutes because they're just psyching each other up. Right. And, it, and you're just like, come on, dude. You could do this in 10 minutes. Just get what the fuck the off is, of it. What if the guy's bench pressing and he, you know, he's laying down on the bench and he's, and he's trying to lift like 450 pounds, bench it, you know, one rep. And you're like standing there and your like crotch is right next to his head. But you actually have your cock out and it's like snaked down into his mouth. Is that gay? I don't know what kind of gym you work out at, Wackerly, but... <laughs> you know what I don't the lift weights. The worst is... You know, I, I don't lift weights to be a huge guy. I just lift weights to be in shape. And I usually just run at the gym just to, because I should at my age. But the, the worst is when you're at the gym and one of those dudes comes over that's fucking just massive. And he does lift like 400 pounds. And he wants you to spot like, him. And he wants you to, and he comes over and he's like, hey, you come over, give me a spot. And it's like, uh, really? Well, what am I going to do here? When it does fall on his neck, you'll be like, Hello, hello, help. I've spotted this guy. He's dying. He's choking because the barbell's fucking crushing his windpipe. It freaks me out. I don't even know what to do. I'm just kind of like, uh, whatever. Just, I hope this guy lifts this up. Just be like, yes, and get your iPhone out and but start you, recording. You can't say no, though, because if you say no, then you just look like a weightlifting dick. Like you're a dick at the gym. It's like not good gym etiquette. I mean, I would spot a hot chick. Why not? How often does that happen? Never. What if she's like Zap from fucking American Gladiators and she's still going to, she's a hot chick, but she's still going to lift like 400 pounds. You're like, oh God, I hope Zap doesn't die. She's like, super sexy, but I can't lift that weight that she's trying to bench press. Like you wouldn't bang Zap. I'm saying I would bang Zap, but I'd be really sad if she asked me to spot her, then she died because I couldn't lift the weight that she's trying to lift. She like popped one of her breast implants. Pretty Terrible. Great. <laughs> anyway, yeah, your answer to your question, totally gay to spot your friend at the gym. You shouldn't even be working out together. Just go by yourself. So gay. Um, people call Sick Wrong Hotline, 206 
Uh, people, if you haven't been listening to the show on iTunes, I don't know how you listen to the show. Like, it's definitely the easiest way to listen to the show. You just go to iTunes, you subscribe, you rate, you comment. Every week, a new episode appears. It's easy. Right? I mean, I don't, I don't know other, other ways. You'd have to actually type in cigaronpodcast.com and then go to our website to listen to it. Or SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Oh, what are you, a hipster? Go to iTunes. <laughs> You're just describing a bunch of other ways they can listen to it. Okay, just just go to iTunes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and rate and comment. We appreciate it. Um, Sick Wrong t-shirts available at the Sick Wrong store. You can support the show by buying the new Sick Wrong logo tee. You also get some stickers available. And you can buy prints. We do have uh, plenty of prints available. So if you want to buy a print gotta and move a those tea, prints. Gotta move those prints. SickerOnPodcast.com. The prints is the most effort I've ever put into fucking doing anything. And I really need them to be moved. <laughs> to be moved? I don't think I'd do it again. No, definitely not. No, it was a lot of work. I had to go up to the Bay Area. We had to coordinate with the JC Pennies. I had to fucking work out for like weeks and weeks to get my fucking self in shape for that shit. It's a bitch for me to send them out. I got to go get special envelopes. Got to go to the post office. And it's, it's, it's tough. So right, these are limited edition prints. When we're done with this, there aren't ever going to be any more prints. Purely limited edition. So get them while you can. com slash store. Oh, we did actually get a video of the week. And I did want to point this out. It was sent in by Robertson. Or Robert Tons. Robert Tons. He uh, sent out a video for this uh, device called the Knockout. Have you heard of this thing? No, what is it? It's is it a, like a roofie? No, it's a beer gravity pipe. So it's a beer, it's a beer bong, a gravity pipe, and a water pipe. All in one. So while you're bonging a beer, you can smoke weed at the same time. Like simultaneously, you can smoke weed, and but you, you gotta see Wait this a minute, thing. D. Weed goes into your lungs though, and beer goes into your stomach. So how does that work? Watch it. Watch the watch right. the video. It's the gonna knockout. be a, it's gonna be our video of the week. This guy is just bonging a beer and smoking weed at the same time, and you can make it a gravity bonk too. I thought we it's, were gonna use the uh, the scene with Larry from uh, Big Lebowski. We probably should. <laughs> Larry. Maybe next week. Sick wrong song of the week. I picked this one out because um, did you read about uh, ACDC's drummer? Yeah, He's Phil Rudd. Somebody bumped off. Yeah, Phil Rudd was uh, busted trying to uh, order a hit on a couple guys, and they found a bunch of methamphetamine. The original drummer for ACDC. Literally looking for dirty deeds. Dirty Done deeds. Dirt cheap. So in tribute to Phil Rudd, I'm going to play the song "The Jack." You know that one? Yeah, it's a good one. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a it's a hit. It's one of ACDC's golden hits. It's called Doesn't the Jack. Does one of guys have dementia? Really? The like the bassist or something? Yeah. God, they're well, old. Those guys are getting old. Yeah, time. but it's still put on a great show. Yeah. Uh, the Jack is Australian slang for gonorrhea. It's also known as the clap. ACDC lead singer Bon Scott explained the origin of the song in a '76 interview with Sounds. Bon Scott, you know, choked on his own vomit. Bon Scott said that we were living with this house full of ladies who were all very friendly, and everyone in the band had got the jack. Uh, so we wrote this song, and the first time we did it on stage, they were all in the front row. Uh, when it came to repeating, and that's the thing, they repeat that line, she's got the jack. Right. He pointed at each one. And uh, <laughs> so later, Hankus Young said, after that, whenever we did that song, all the girls in the audience would run to the back of the room because they didn't want to get pointed out right. by the band. 
Uh, was this the only band to really successfully replace their lead singer? I mean, they're they're bigger after they replaced the lead singer than before. I'm trying to think. Bon Scott was replaced, and then that band had a series of uh, huge albums. I mean, back uh, you know, in black no, okay, was the first uh, one, right? Iron Maiden. The original lead singer is Paul Diano, and they were placing Bruce Dickinson, and were huge. But th- I guess uh, I would say that's different because they were even they were so much huger after, right, than before. Whereas that, whereas ACDC was huge, then the guy died. It was a huge tragedy. Then they replaced the guy, and then they were like, "Oh shit, we're even huger." Yeah, no, I mean they had Bon Scott did some uh, amazing albums that were very successful. But yeah, then they right. came out with uh, and then Brian a Jones, series right? of yeah, Brian Jones, a series of huge Jones, albums. Jones. Yeah, they, yeah, they're great. Although a lot of people still like. A lot of Hessians are just like, yeah, Bon Scott. It's the only ACDC I listen to. The hips, the hips, the, the fucking dreaded hipster Hessian. It's the, air, the worst the, combination the ever. The pretentious Hessian. It's like, yeah. I listen to Paul Diano, Iron Maiden. It's like, that's the real Iron Maiden. Anyway, we're going to play the song The Jack. Uh, this goes out to Phil Rudd. Uh, hopefully, he still doesn't have The Jack. Uh, people will be back next week with episode, um, what are we, 458? Oh, I yeah, I forget. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Till then, take it sleazy. Okay.
Russia. Poker straight was a game. If she knew she could get ya, she played them fast and she played them hard. She could close her eyes and feel every card. Just the way it is. All right. Team Little Dick over here. Monique Confessions. <laughs> 